Welcome to the Gospel Truth Project Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and I'm here with my co-host, Dylan. What Say up? Hello. Did. Awesome. Well, how how are you doing today, Dylan? I'm doing good. Um, just having a good day. Recorded on a Friday. I mean, it nobody knows Woo. when we're recording what days are because they come out different times. But we, yeah, it's been a good day. Um, kids back in school now, which is nice. Um, is that way mm-hmm. it gives them something to do and get energy out. And you know, you've tried to entertain me for a whole day. You understand what it's like. So um, <laughs> you know, that's just that. I'm, I'm excited to hear what we're going to talk about because. No, like I did to Jason last time. He did to me. He has not told me anything basically until uh, five minutes ago. So we'll see how this goes yeah. for me. Well, actually, I'm going to add one to that. And this, I didn't know the topic until five minutes ago either. <laughs> I work with a lunatic. Okay. <laughs> Here's the th- okay. I, let me give backstory because I told you I was going to say a story before we started. And so here's the story. Okay. <laughs> I I have been um, on Facebook forums. I have been on TikToks. I've been talking to people in comments, etc. A lot of communication, a lot of talking, a lot of like trying to share the gospel and stuff like that. And I've been doing a lot of it. And um, today, especially, it really hit me to where I had like 15 different topics I wanted to talk about and discuss and we will hit get to those topics because they're on our list <laughs> like and he always wants to he always wants to you know right about 15 different. he's like i can do this 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 or that and i'm like uh, well which one jason i need i need to right know. <laughs> and don't tell um, him. he tells me at least the five options yeah and then i was i've been listening to the gospel truth project gtp worship playlist that i created on spotify and it's got good music guys it's good and i've been listening to it all morning and um it's really been hitting me home hitting home for me where you know i was like there's all those different things going on and all this stuff that people are dealing with there's like we could talk about marriage we could talk about parenting we can talk about validity of the bible we can talk about sarcasm even like we talked about it before we can even go and talk about lgbt stuff we can talk about like there's thing after thing after thing after thing we could discuss and talk about how we treat others how we interact with others how we should be talking how we should be acting um how do we actually live out a humility in humility and actually what that looks like in real time and there's so many things that we could discuss and while i was kind of praying about it and walking around about it and I actually had experience yesterday morning, which I'll explain. That's the story I wanted to share. Um, but I was kind of pacing in the house and kind of thinking, what do I talk about? What do I, God, what do you want me and Dylan to talk about today? And it's the pace, um, guys. So I feel sorry for his wife. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it came out to where uh, worship was the, the, the topic on my mind in the last minutes where I used to be on a worship team for like, 11 12 years i would go to different churches and be on their worship teams i would go to multiple events and be on worship teams i was hired to be on worship teams in some places and and that's just kind of what it was and i have a really passion big passion and big heart for worship and i think this is a good topic to go on 
especially since I'm leading today's episode. I think it's going to be really good, and it ties into my story that happened yesterday. So that that's where we're at. Yeah, and I'm glad I have Jason, someone who's been on a worship team. I think I was on the youth worship team and, you know, played, like, the bongos. That's my, you know, little... Oh, boom, 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 boom. Like that's my worship experience with Wayne. Uh, this guy has literally, like you said, he's been in multiple worship teams. He can sing, he can play twenty something plus, you know, instruments. So like, <laughs> he he knows worship. You know, I can't sing. So Dylan was the not so little, little drummer boy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, you know who hasn't seen the six two two hundred plus drummer boy? No? <laughs> not the not the little drummer boy. <laughs> no, no. It's the oh my gosh, the drummer boy. I don't know. All all Lord, Lord. drummer boy. <laughs> oh Lord. So yeah, so that's that's the where bass we're coming drum, from. He's just walking. He's walking. <laughs> so um, I I wanted to share first off what is the definition of worship and then share my story because it's a short story. <laughs> it's not that long. Probably get a pulpit guys. Go in. No, not a pulpit today, but worship in a definition is any expression of obedience, praise, honor, adoration, gratitude offered to the true God by a regenerate soul who knows the truth about God and loves him. That is the basic gen- definition. And most people think worship is just singing songs. So that's the definition. And that's that's the true definition of worship. And we will get into verses talking about that. That's going to be easy. Here's the story that happened to me yesterday. And Dylan, I didn't tell you yet, but I've told like three or four other people. So and before me, <laughs> before you, uh, if I one was your wife, hurt. that's OK. You didn't That's respond okay. to me. I was trying to talk with you. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was parenting, and you just well, have to say a, I'm parenting, and that's it. No, I sometimes, understand. You know, and then plus it was my parents' anniversary, so you know, yeah, I did busy. see that. Yeah, so, congratulations to know. them for sure. And he had um, yeah, thirty two years. That's crazy. It was funny. I had to get Miranda involved. I'm like, Dylan, where's your phone? I had to like message it where Miranda saw it. So she's like, she's like, she's like, Jason's messaging the group. You need to respond. I'm like, like I shared, I, I, I asked him, when can you record? I, I sent him like a photo that I created. I sent him marketing material for gospel truth. I sent them links. I was like, he's not responding. And not, not only that, he didn't see any of the messages or open any of them because it tells me if he opens my messages, he was leaving, leaving me on read. read. He didn't get read. No, that nothing was seen. He was just seeing the messages and swiping them away. Like I don't want to look at his text right now. I was like, Clear oh my god, because I had so many. You understand? I had, I had he, I had to coach soccer yesterday. Uh huh. You know, then you cook dinner and uh-huh. go see my parents. At the time, I'm like, my, <laughs> it's like a cooking, middle cooking, you know, uh, dinner, and I get, you know, yeah, Glenn, volume off on your phone. Yeah. Jason's trying to get a hold of you, so you need to an answer. I'm like, it's been all day. <laughs> yeah, I think I saw something. I told myself, like, is I'm like, 
Jason, message me. Respond to him later. And I cleared notifications, and I'm like, <laughs> and oh, your response, like your response hours. was thumbing up one of my text <laughs> messages. <laughs> that was your whole response. I just see it says Dylan liked to put a message. I was like, that's his response, and I go in there. He like, do you want to record tomorrow? Thumbs up. <laughs> so let's do it. I was like. Okay. Then I clicked on the worship uh, link and I listened to some worship. It's good stuff. Oh, cooking. I made oh, I made nacho, homemade nachos and tostadas. Mm, good stuff. I had hot oil and try not to burn myself. Oh, hmm. yeah. Still did. Whatever but... does, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And if it's nachos, it tastes good too. So. Yeah, you get rewarded. <laughs> it's worth the pain. Yeah. All right. So regardless of that, this is the story that I was going to tell you yesterday. That we I never told you it's going to be a pulpit, guys. He's been talking about this story for like the past 10 minutes. No, it's not. Um, it's just kind of interesting. So um, I woke up at like 2.50 a.m. yesterday, bright and early. I was going to throw up. I hated it. It was like some food poisoning or something that got me. I was, I knew without a doubt, I, if I ever had that feeling, I'm going to throw up. That's just my personality. I know it's gross, but that is just when I feel that feeling, I know it's happening. So I went to the restroom and I was waiting for that moment to happen where I was going to throw up. I was gagging. I was like, this is not good. This is not good. I'm thinking, man, it's 3 a.m. I, I, I'm so tired. From this week it's been a long week i i can't have this and so i laid down on the bathroom floor face down <laughs> laying down and i i laid there just feeling this feeling and gagging and just like i i, I don't want to do this and i turned it and i was like god thank you for this opportunity i have right now to thank you and talk to you and worship you and i laid there face down and on a bathroom floor saying, God, thank you for this. Thank you for what I'm dealing with, whether I do throw up or don't throw up. Thank you that I get this moment to to worship you and ex- express that to you, express gratitude towards you, and I thank you for this. And this was for 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. I was just for Three thank o'clock you, God. at night on the, on the floor of the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Next to the bidet. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm going to throw up. And then I felt the warmth presence, like the warm presence of the Holy Spirit lay on me on my, on my back. Like a press. It could have been the Arizona heat guys. Could be, you know, could be. No, it probably, it was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I, I was laying there and I felt God explain to me, go eat two antiacids and eat three vitamin C pills and lay down on the uh, back on bed on your back. Don't roll. Don't like sleep which way. I sleep on my side, so sleep on my back is really hard for me. And sleep on your back. And it will go away. And I kept hearing that in my head over and over again. And I was like, this is nothing. I would never do that. I would eat an anti-acid, just one, because I don't like to eat two. I would eat one and leave it at that and try to sleep. That's that's how I try to deal with it, but it never works. So I'm laying there face down like, I believe that's God. Because that's not something I would do. 
And why the vitamin C? I don't even know if I had vitamin C right now. So that's kind of weird. But I'm like laying there face flat. I'm like, I don't know if I can even get up right now without throwing up. <laughs> so I I pushed myself. I got up. Felt like I was just about to just blow chunks in the kitchen because I was that's where all my vitamins and stuff are. I opened up the cabinet. I find the antacids. I eat two of them. And then I look and there was, sure enough, some vitamin C left. And I ate three of those. I went to the bedroom and I'm like, I feel like I'm going to throw up on this bed. Like, I can't do that, though. I'm like, it's fine. I'm doing what God's instructed. I know it's God. And I laid down on my bed, on my back, and instantaneously, the feeling of throwing up went away. Absolutely gone. And I was like, thank you, God, that you gave this to me. And I fell asleep. Praise God. Woke up the next day, well-rested, fan- felt fantastic. And it was such a cool experience to see that I accepted whatever does happen to me that night, or that morning, whatever one you like to say. I accepted it's, it's whether morning. I threw it's up or morning. not. It's, it's yeah. 2.33 a.m. Yeah, a.m. So I, I accepted what was happening to me and what was going to happen one way or another. If it was for my benefit or my wants or it wasn't for my wants or my benefit, I accepted it and thank God for it because he deserves the praise. And by doing that, he gave me instructions. I listened and I followed. And that's an expression of worship is that obedience, honor, praise, adoration. And so while I'm over here pacing, thinking about what to talk about today, I realized I had a story to share about what happened. And it does relate to worship. And it all falls back into place about what is worship and how do we live that out. So that that's my little story from yesterday morning that I got to deal with. Uh, yeah, I, I assume it makes me think of what my mom always said. I had to wake up early, like at like three, four in the morning sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I have somebody like, oh, it's your ADHD. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I, like, I just wake up and I can't go back to bed. My mom's like, that's because God's trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. You know? So you need to pray or you need to read. Did he make time? day before right I'm like oh dude like sometimes god gives you a stomach ache too this is like hey rely on me you need to rely on me a little bit pray to mm-hmm. me talk to me jason i need that yeah saying maybe you maybe you were sick and maybe you know you're good and you listened and heard what he was trying to tell you yeah i mean you just stomach aches in the middle of the night and i think that's the night i would always be told so I, yeah. I think of that. I'm like, you know, God's like, hey, you need to focus here for a little bit. It, you forgot about me. So since you cut out my time, you were cutting out some sleeping time. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, huge. I love, I love sleep. So, <laughs> you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, man, I need that. It's like you need mm-hmm. sleep, but you also need to have time with God. So yeah. he's going to make sure that he gets his time. Right. Some of us, he he he's make he makes sure. Yeah, and it, it's interesting too because when I was younger, when I was a lot younger, like eighteen, nineteen, um, I I used to. Yes, that was a long time ago, Dylan. <laughs> no, don't you say it like it was a long time ago? But I'm like, no, it wasn't. It was over decade. a decade. Yeah, it's like you. Thir- eleven to thirteen years ago. <laughs> it's only when, like ten years for me. It's a decade. <laughs> when I was younger, that age, 
I I used to I remember getting sick a couple times and I used to think why was God forsaking me? And that was my mentality. Why is God letting me deal with this? Why why does he not love me enough to keep me from feeling this? And that was a lot of my ideology because I felt that and I was also taught that from some of the churches was that you know God removes sickness and if he's not going away then you don't have enough faith. You don't believe hard enough you've done something wrong, it's generational wrong, that you can't, that's not something you're supposed to experience. And realizing that's wrong, (laughs) that ideology was wrong. And I thank God through all of it. And I give him, I open doors as in like I talk to people and I give God opportunity for the Holy Spirit to intervene in situations and use me as a vessel. And so that's what I do nowadays. And I thank him whether it goes my way or thank him when it doesn't go my way. Because it's not about my way. It's about his way and me following his way. Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Yahweh. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. I remember being told that, um, gosh, what was it? When I had appendicitis that uh, God was trying to tell me something. And then I wasn't right. listening. I was going like, Nah, I'm pretty sure it's because my appendix got inflamed. Like, I don't think God's like, here's a sickness because you're not obeying. Right, God brings good things. Every good and perfect thing comes from him. Yeah. Every good and perfect thing comes from you. Mm -hmm. And you sing it to God. Yeah. That's like early 2000s worship right there. Early. You know what? Um, Good stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna sidetrack us here a little bit because you reminded me of another topic that I was trying to think about talking about, and we will talk about it sometime. But I just want to touch up on it because you mentioned it. Um, yeah, there are things that we like not everybody, but there are things that everybody has been taught from churches or leaders that are more the man made side rather than the biblical side. Like for example, don't say. Let me. I I want to share this one thing. This is the side tangent. We'll do this for like five minutes or something. But I want. I was listening to a a, a preacher, right? Someone who was just sharing the gospel, just talking about it. Mm. And he, they asked him, "How do you see? How how do you know how well off you are building your relationship with God?" Have you heard that term, building a relationship with God? Yeah. Yeah. How, how are you building that? No, if, it's, oh. See, Here's I haven't heard thing. that for a while. But, yeah, oh, because right. you don't build but, it. You already have a relationship with God. God has done everything on his side of that relationship, so to speak. He's sacrificed his life. He's come back from the dead. He's conquered sin. He's given a new covenant to humankind. He already has shown all his cards, his love, his grace, his compassion, etc. When people say building a relationship, they like to think that it's a human relationship where both sides are working on it. Both sides are figuring out. Both sides are doing their part to try to work it out. This isn't how it works with God. Our relationship with God, it's not in the sense that we're building together we can never build something with god he already set the stone he set the foundation he gave us everything we need to do to get close to him 
So when it comes to relationship with Christ, which we've mentioned before, we're talking about our side of things and knowing how deep that love goes. And that's that's important. And um, that's something that I heard today that just threw me off. I was like, oh, I've heard that before. I've heard I'm building a relationship with Christ before. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard that. I feel like in a really long time because like that's. Yeah, like there's not, it's like, it's, the relationship is already, everybody has a relationship with God, like whether it's a good one or a bad one. It's on us. You know what I mean? It's on <laughs> it's us, like, exactly. It's, like, us. it's not him. <laughs> it's not on him, like, you know. So. There was a, this is one of the, so many stuff to talk about, but um, there was one, Taco one guy that, talk about yeah it's not tuesday yet but (laughs) uh there i will share this and i encourage you to keep an open mind because a lot of people a lot of christians when as soon as i say this they freak the frick out And, and it's insane to me because there is a god that loves us all and it's insane to think about so there's this there's this guy on TikTok. All he does is preach the gospel. He 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 talks the Bible. He loves God. You can see the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit through everything he does, says and does. And the sad thing is, is that this guy is he is gay. He's attracted to the same sex. But here's the thing. He's celibate. And he said this before. I respect him wholeheartedly for this. He has said it before that God is greater than his lust, his desire, and his passions. That doesn't change necessarily who he's attracted to, and it didn't for him specifically. But he went celibate because he knew that that is something he struggles with, and he knows what the Bible says about it, and he continuously strives to show the gospel and who God is. And um, there was people in the comments, oh, you can't teach, you can't speak about God, you can't talk about the Bible, you can't talk about the gospel because you're still gay, you're still attracted to the same sex. And he was like, I, I understand mm. that living that life is wrong, but that doesn't change, that doesn't always end up changing See, my mentality of who I am. That's I my sin issue. I struggle with. I have, I have a huge issue. Uh-huh. If, not with that gentleman at all. I have an issue with people who are thinking like that because those people that are calling him out, it's the same thing we talked about. I think it was last week. Oh, pulling out the removing, eye thing. Removing the speck. Somebody else is like, they have to hold the log. For, um, not, not at all saying that it's okay. You know, uh, but that's his sin that he's dealing with. And he's doing a lot better than most people. Most people, he's, I feel like they act out on their sin. And they, yeah. and you know what? And like, I, you know, I, I remember hearing this one thing is like that 60% of pastors deal with uh, a problem of pornography. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 60%. So that's 60% of your pastors. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember there was a thing, a guy, a guy was talking, he's going like the, uh, he's with like the clerk or whatever, or the hotel. He's going like, yeah. You guys uh, sure uh, get a lot of uh, pornography, or you know, but they're buying a lot of pornos. And he was shocked when he heard that, and he was like, "To find out the stats, it's like sixty percent." And that's yeah. his pastors, so, like the congregation. Like, there's 
I'm not saying that's everybody's problem, but people have anger issues. That's another mm-hmm. big one. Everybody has a different sin. If somebody is working on their sin, it is our job to be encouraging. Right. Than like crisis and encouraging like, hey, man, you know, good on you for, you know, staying single and being celibate mm-hmm. and, you know, not acting on your sin. Um, maybe even open up and say, hey, man, uh, I'll be keep praying for you. You know, I could use prayer in this area. We're right. all struggling with the sin. Right. On this planet. And mm-hmm. to single somebody out. And then he's trying to, you know, show. That's even good because there might be somebody who, like a teenager or somebody who is struggling with that sin and those feelings like, ah, but I know it's wrong. But, you know, I'm told by society that now anybody who doesn't accept me, they're bigots they're sex they're, they're all these hateful homophobic people but that's putting a positive light on it going like hey you know oh he believes in christ oh yeah he knows it's not right too and he's dealing with it he's not he's still able to in have sin. a relationship with jesus right it's the same thing like i i tell my youth kids i'm like um i'm like i'm this old you know i waited for marriage to have sex I waited for her. Mm-hmm. I've never, I haven't been drunk. I haven't smoked pot. I haven't done any of that stuff. I'm like, I'm almost 30. I'll be 30 here in six months. Going like, I have made it three decades without doing any of that stuff. I'm like, not saying like me, I'm so stinking amazing because I fall short in many other places. Mm-hmm. Going like, look at, hey, just because everybody seems like everybody's doing something doesn't mean you. You have to, and you can stay strong and know that, you know, you, there's temptations, but you don't have to fall into them. I think that's a great example. Um, that guy, right. um, you have to send me his, um, yeah, yeah, I, like it is afterwards. Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause it's, there's a, like we talked about in the previous episode about sin is that there's a difference between living in sin and sinning and falling short. Cause we all fall short. We all sin. But the difference is that you're choosing to continuously live in sin is where we're not truly following Christ. And that's where we do not have the Holy spirit with us because we do not continuously live in sin unless we are choosing to walk away from God. And anyone like this guy who's like god is jesus is lord he's my lord and savior he's rescued me from this world from this life that i lived before and that i still struggle with these feelings i still struggle with these desires but <clears throat> his love and his kingdom is greater than my lust my str- my struggles and anything i deal with i'm like dude I, I even sent him a message. I'm like, I'd love to have you on my podcast, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, I'd love to ha- hear your testimony because I've seen it on his TikToks. And I'm like, dude, this guy, this guy really, really pushes. Uh, I'm not going to share his name on here um, just in general, but uh, it's really, really cool to see that kind of dedication. And that falls for everybody. Like, even if us, even us two, if we look at a woman and in lust after her, that right there is a mm-hmm. sin. We've already committed adultery. Done. That's it. And we fail. That's 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 going to yeah. happen. And so, you know, with porn, that's one of the easiest and most accessible mm-hmm. um, ways to get into lust and get into that sin because it's so accessible. 
you got your computer, you got your phone, you got your tablet. I mean, shoot, you could probably yell out to Alexa over there and say something and it will start playing porn sounds. Like, it's so accessible to everything. <laughs> it's like... It's, it really it's, is. Yeah, you can probably sneeze on accident and your phone will go to porn. Like, it, it's so accessible to everybody and it's so easy to get involved with and get hooked on. But then people pretend like oh well that's just a soft sin it doesn't hurt anyone but sin is sin you're cheating on god is, you're cheating on yeah. god yeah we could do a whole episode on that too because that is de detrimental to uh mental health and, and health wise mm -hmm. for men yeah and the damage it does you know immense damage uh, it's, it's so much I yeah mean, we've been part of so many men's bible studies where we've you know i've talked about that we've discussed it Mm -hmm. It is the problem with it is that uh, you know most people don't talk about it because it's one of those taboo things, and yeah, you know we're here to talk about worship today. So yes, and this actually ties all back in to worship because what was the very first thing of, of that definition I mentioned was that worship is any expression of obedience, praise to God honor adoration gratitude offered to god and by true a uh, regenerate soul who knows the truth about god and that god loves them and that's the beauty of this and we're going to get into some verses with it that everything that we've been talking about it shows that obedience is part of worship and um i mean there's even points to where like it's not just going to church on sunday and singing some worship songs worship in itself is continuous obedience and reverence of God of Jesus. And um, so first off, I wanted to bring up uh, John 4, 24. Do you, do you know uh, this passage? John 4, 24. Yeah, it's the John. most famous moment in Jesus' earthly ministry by far. Like it is absolutely, it's between verse 5 and 26. But here he converses with the Samaritan woman. I'm sure you recognize that. Where this yeah, particular yeah. woman is not only an unclean, quote, quote, uh, Samaritan, but an outcast among her own people. She actually attempts mm -hmm. to avoid Jesus' teachings, giving flippant and sarcastic answers, that kind of stuff. And despite that, despite knowing all about her sin, Jesus encourages her with the love of God. And this breaks through her hard heart. And as a result, many others are brought to meet Christ and disciples are mm -hmm. also taught a valuable lesson about the purpose of their mission. Rather than preaching to, you know, who just the Jews, they were like, wow, this is a Samaritan. This is like, what the heck? Like, these are the people that we don't like. <laughs> so it's like, uh, I mean, shoot, you can, you can say American versus any other country out there. It's like going to them and saying like, Hey, you know, we love you guys. It's like, what? Like, Americans over to Germans, even if they're part of the Nazi party or not, not part of the Nazi party, just to be extreme in that sense, we still show them mm. that love and like, hey, you're my people that I'm trying to reach out to. <laughs> you're the people I'm trying to, to show God's love to. I'm not trying to show yeah. the people who are already in church or the people who already accept Christ. I'm looking for the people who don't know God, who might be dealing with the worst of the worst and who might need God the most. And <laughs> that's where I'm at. <laughs> so yeah, no, and, that's very true. Yeah. So in verse 24, I mean, you're there, right? Or on 424. Yeah. Go ahead and read that one. 
So God is spirit, and his worship must worship in the spirit and in truth. Mm-hmm. Woman Those said, who- I know that Messiah with Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus yep. says, I am the one you speak of. I am he. Yep. Right I there, drop. Jesus claiming. Yeah, he's claiming he is him. And he says, those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Um, this is really cool because it makes a clear point that God himself is spirit. And God is not simply a more complex physical being or a limited creature. In other words, God is not restricted to seeing, hearing, or being in a single location like the false gods of most religions, especially at this time. This also helps to keep Genesis 1.26 in context. The fact that man is created in the image of God does not mean we have some physical resemblance to him. We share his moral and rational nature. And I, I love this. I love this verse, and I think it's a great verse to talk about in general. But it goes to show a little bit about, okay, so now we're starting to touch into verses talking about worship. And I have another verse that you will probably like a lot. Is it in Romans? It is in Romans. It's Romans 12.1. Roman. Romans. Roman. Of one, twelve one. Oh, oh. The context here is you, one to two. So, two. So, sorry. therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you will be able to test and approve that what God's will is, is good. Pleasing mm-hmm. and perfect will. So that's good right there. Like, Oh, yeah. This is the true and proper worship is sacrificing, is a living sacrifice. We should be a living sacrifice for God. Mm-hmm. It means, and holy and pleasing to him. So that means we need to be holy, which is set apart. Set apart mm-hmm. and pleasing the Lord. That is the mm-hmm. true, you know, purpose, the true proper worship. To be set apart and to please God. We are set apart for him to just worship him in a sense. Mm-hmm. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's will. So then by doing this and by worshiping him and being set apart for him, it sounds like uh, in a sense of having discernment and you will know because we will be set apart for him that we will be in him. We will know mm-hmm. of things that are not of him. Mm-hmm. Like that. It's really cool because here he's answering the question, how should we respond to God's great mercy to us? And the answer is to become living, breathing sacrifices like you were saying. And like this is saying, and it's it's true, and it's really cool because it's an ongoing worship. It's not just, like I said, church on Sundays. It's an ongoing, living, and continuous sacrifice of who I am for who he is. Right? 100%. And that, that goes back to the TikTok guy I was talking about where he's like, God is greater than anything that I want and deal with. And so therefore, I submit to him. 
I submit to him. I submit to his authority. I sit, I submit to everything he is and follow him because he is the true king. He is the sal- savior. He is salvation. So that that is something that's really important to understand. Now, the cool thing is, is that with that being mentioned, um, where is it? There is a verse that references this. Hebrews 13, 15 is actually referencing Romans because it says through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. So it takes that continual sacrifice and says acknowledge his name, which is really cool because it's not just saying like not just a lifestyle. It's more than that. It's sacrificing your life, everything you are and giving it to God as as he sacrifices life for us, we sacrifice our life for him and for his kingdom. And we announce it with our, we acknowledge his name. We continue to say his name. Um, this whole section for Hebrews 13, it, it contains practical instructions for the Christian believers. Verse 7 through 17, highly recommend reading it. Uh, these follow major themes from the rest of this letter including perseverance peacefulness praise um this text also includes like the parallel component components of the, the old covenant with the ministry of jesus specifically those these verses compared to the disposal of sacrificed animals with jesus crucifixion uh, crucifixion uh, you know crucifixion talking too much now i'm going too fast but but both occurred outside the borders of the community Right, so <laughs> I can see yeah. your face. I was going, I just, whoa! I couldn't say it, but crucifixion. It's it. It's important crucifixion, to yeah. crucifixion. So I was saying it wrong, but um, it sounded like you were talking in tongues for a second. It, right. So instead of sacrificing animals, Jesus sacrificed Himself for us, so we wouldn't have to do that. So in return, we sacrifice who we are. For the glory of his kingdom. There. <laughs> Much easier. Much easier to understand. I thought you were like trying to be Moses there for a second with that speech impediment or something. Um, <laughs> Felt like or it. me. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I think the worship, like, yeah, like you said, man, it's just like, you know, it's that set apart giving yourself for him. And like you're saying with that one gentleman, you know, his sin and sacrificing yourself to your sin. Oh, yeah. No, sacrificing yourself to God, not your sin. I'm going to right. say. Easy to right. divulge into your sin and to deny your flesh. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, yeah. There's a a consistent theme with worship, and I don't know how it got so lost in the church in general, where church is teaching worship to be, worship is just singing. You come, you sing, and you sing praise, and there you worship, and that's worship. And we've come to the idea that that is what worship is, and that's not biblically accurate at all. We, yeah, we do sing praises. That is exactly what we should be doing. But it's a lifelong, every day, everything we do. Like when I was on the bathroom floor, I thank God for it because I knew it was the same concept that 
I give up everything I'm doing, my life and everything to him and say, you know what? I don't care the outcome because God is good. And that's, that's the most important part of my aspect of my mentality is that God is good and that it's and all be the glory to him, no matter what the circumstances or the outcome of those circumstances are. Um, John 4.23, which we already read in four, but this is a little bit later um, where it says, but the hour is coming, which I'm sure you've heard before is now here where the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. And I, I, it, this is going to hit a little harder, in my opinion, because I've seen this and I know it's coming. When persecution comes for Christians and those who believe and follow Christ, people will have the choice to say that they worship God or say they don't and face the penalty, whatever it is. It could be death. Someone's like out to kill them. could be whatever it is, persecution. And we're going to see real quickly who's actually followers of Christ and who's not. And um, I think this kind of falls in line with what this verse is talking about in the sense that like, True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And this is this is very important in general. This is uh, because this verse is crucial for two reasons. First, this is the part of Jesus' correction on the meaning of worship. The Samaritan woman, this is the same chapters before when we're talking about the Samaritan woman. Um, she attempted to distract Jesus from her sin by asking him to resolve an old spiritual argument. Um, this was the question of where proper worship should occur. Uh, Mount Gerizim, or the Temple of Jerusalem, or rather than taking the bait, Jesus clarifies that true worship of God is not tied to a location, but to the inherent or the inherent intent of one's heart. It's not about place. It's not about mm-hmm. going Sunday. It's not about doing something. It's the one's heart and their intent behind it. And this is very important because he's setting that standard. Worship is not just, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to worship and by singing. He's like, that's not what worship is. And you think that way, you're not a true, you're not a true worshiper. I'm not looking for that. He goes to the point to like, Father is seeking such people who to worship him when they're true worshipers who worship the Father in spirit and truth. Not just go to a building and say, I'm worshiping. He's looking for the people who actually worship. Yeah, I, that's 100% true. It's like I always think of uh, the church sign. It has church, but it's missing the... Uh, it is spelled C-H... C-H, and it has two blanks. It's like, what's missing? You are. Ha. Huh. It's like, <laughs> you're missing. That. No, it's good. It's like, it's, it's, you are missing, like, because you are the church. Yeah. And it's like, doesn't matter in a building. Or it's just like mm-hmm. you and me right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we are the body. We are the church of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about church, too. We did. That's a good episode. Yeah, what is the church? Insert plug here. <laughs> Watch it. 
Um, no, but I think that's huge. Um, because people get caught up with the four four, four walls. You know, oh yeah, and mortar of it all, and it's not the case. Like that's where yes, you you can meet and you can grow, but not everybody has reached those four walls. We're called I, to go out and we're going, you know, like your house should be an extension of your church. Right. Anywhere you I, go should be an extension of the church. Yes, exactly. An, an, extension, exactly. Of, an extension of worship and, you know, an extension of God. Um, that's that is what it is. Um, that's what I say. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but, you know, you know, and the church isn't just a church on Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I yeah, I like Saturday. this song. <laughs> uh, I will say this because you you touched up on a point that I've been arguing, debating with people on Facebook that I knew were Christian leaders in their church, the respective churches, mm-hmm. who are they were like fed up. They're like. The government does lockdowns again. Stand against it. Like rebuke it and don't do it. And I was like, mm-hmm. why do you say that? Because in the Bible it says, unless it's telling us to do something against God, we're supposed to follow it as if it was God's law in the sense that we respect the land, no matter if it tells us to pay taxes a lot or not, or to wear masks or to not, or to lock up or not. It doesn't say go against it if you feel uncomfortable. Like, so where are you getting this? And they said, because we weren't allowed to go to church. I said, then you don't know what church is. Because in the definition of the Bible, church is the individual. That's one sense of the church. The individual Mm -hmm. as a body of Christ, representation of Christ, like you mentioned. Two, the second representation of church is the gathering of any individuals in any place to represent God. That is the second church, not a building. Not a place with a cross in it, not a pews in Bible and music, but the second and most coming forth part of church is two or more people gathered for Christ in representation of Christ. And we talked about that. So I'm like, so where are you getting that? That just because the government said don't go to church, like an actual building, where do you get at to say that that is against God? Because God never commanded you to go to the four walls. He never commanded you to go to a building. He commanded you to communicate with each other. Whether that's two people or more. He didn't say it has to be a minimum of 50 people or else you don't have a church. He said two or more. We grow together. Congratulations, you're a church. You and me, Dylan, on here, talking, growing. We're a church. Whether people are listening or not. You're right. And whether people listen or not, we're a church, (laughs) biblically structured church, which is the foundation of what God set upon was that he would set up this church, this foundation upon his rock and he would call it his church. And the church in that definition is those who are chosen to follow Christ, who actually pick up that cross and say, I will follow him. (laughs) That's it. So whether you're you're against this or against that, that pride is freaking filling you up. And I see it every single time with these people on Facebook 
who just have pride and arrogance and like, I'm for this political party. I'm for this political party. I'm for this or that. And the government can't tell me what to do. And I say, shut up. I even DM'd him. I said, you have a serpent's tongue. How dare you speak in front of all these people who believe in you because you're a leader of the church and you use your position to speak against what the Bible says. Bible's very clear about what we're supposed to do as Christians in this in this place. No matter what the government's doing, we are to obey it. Government says, do not do this. If it doesn't get, go against what God is calling me to do, I will uh, I will comply because that's what God told me to do. Like, we're not called it. to the, they come together in communion. And what does that look like? You can't, can't do it at your house? Church. It's two or more, Dylan. <laughs> you, uh, you get know, people to come to your some, house. Uh, hey, hey, look it, <laughs> uh, look it. Got to clear that with the wife. But, okay. Um, right. <laughs> but also, but, you know, I, I don't agree personally with shutting down churches and schools and sure. stuff. At the same time, I understand where people. You know what? Some people they rely they they rely on that community in doing right. that. Now. The scripture and quoting all that, yeah, I, I see what you're talking about. So I only have one question. Also, you know, uh, okay, yeah, because I know where you're going. What a crazy! So how far away are we right now from each other? I drove it. It's like eight and a half, nine hours. Are we are we having communion with each other right now? Connect. Yes, we are. Yes. Right. We have technology, dude. Like people act like Question. as soon as Question. church is closed. Yeah, yeah. Now, you think this huh? is good enough for the? Uh, now, here's my thing. I get what you're saying. Yes, uh-huh. for some people, this is fine. Now, my question is, what about for the children? What do you mean? You like like? Well, they they need physical interaction with another like. Uh, they need that. It's psychologically and very much proven. Like kids need that. Like my six-year-old, he mm-hmm. needs to be able to go out and hang out with friends and do that. Okay, so invite them over. The... Go to the park with them. Who says you have to stay home? Who says it has to be a, a four-walled building? No, you can go to the park. That's always been allowed. Even when the when Governor Newsom said we don't recommend it in the California, because I know what it was, people would still go to the park because they can't reinforce that. It was with buildings they had an issue with. And I said, it doesn't matter if there's a building about, or not. What schools, though? It doesn't matter. School is school. And like, they, that's not biblical required. <laughs> if they yeah. shut down schools, that's their stuff that they're shutting down. They have full right to shut down a school because that is their yeah. derogative. That is their property. That is their stuff. And then Give it Caesar what's back children. to Caesar. But that's them. It hurts so our children. you, right, but that's you now needing to, worry to about do. That, so. Right. But it's like that's where us as individuals to a normal school, so right. But that's where us as individuals rely on God. God, what do you need us to do? He's not going to ask you to be rebellious. He's not going to ask you to go against what He's already told you in the Bible in Titus three and Romans two, as well. There's multiple points in the Bible where it says that we follow the law as it is written in wherever we live, and we bless the people in charge. We don't pray against them. We don't pray that they get kicked out. We pray that God intervenes and God blesses them. God shows up in them. That the Holy Spirit lays their hand on them, that they experience who God is at the whole. And because I'm listening to God, he's going to bless me for it. 
just like he'll bless you for it, just like he'll bless everyone for it, because that's that consistent worship of obeying what has been told for us to do in any given circumstance, whether we like it or not. And it's been such a hardcore argument. You could tell I'm passionate about it because <laughs> I get loud, <laughs> but I'm passionate about it because there's this false sense of doctrine that doesn't line up with the Bible and it's being spread as if it's our God-given right to do these things and stand up against the laws of the land because we don't like it. Like, good job showing you don't read the Bible or good job showing you don't care about all of it. Like, it's either all or none of it. You can't be a little well, bit of it and say a little bit of it. So, do we not have a right to have communion then with one another in, in, a, in, our, in our building of our place of worship? If it gets taken away, guess what? I have, I, okay, I'll, I'll share this. No, I'm just, a I'm just, it's a general question. No, no, it's I'm a good point. Advocate. It's a good question. I have a friend who lives in Afghanistan. Okay. He is a, he's a preacher over there. He is a, well, he's mm. a pastor. His church just got burned down yesterday. And three people got sent to the hospital because they were there when they got burned down by people who hate them because they are Christian. Yes. They don't have a building anymore. Know what he did? He sent me pictures of all the kids from his youth group and all the parents in the back alley behind his house, in the alleyway, worshiping, praying, reading the Bible. You know why? Because his community has nothing to do with a building. Community has that to do with everybody who is a believer in Christ, just like you and me, gathering together in any place that we can sit. Whether it be a house, an alleyway, a park, a building, sure. We're we're lucky enough over here to have a building and not have to worry about it being burned down the next day. Great. We're spoiled. <laughs> we're very yeah, spoiled. You might be hit with fines and everything. Yeah. Sure. That's what we get. We get hit with fines and you get hit with labels and stuff. Better than burning the building down and getting sent to the ER. And an ER that doesn't care true. if you sur survive because you're Christian. Oh, you're part of the Christian group that got burnt down. Okay, well, you can you can sit on death row over there. We don't care about you. That's what happens over there every single day. Every yeah. day. We have a good I mean, here in America. I'm not ever going to say we're, we don't because we, we're blessed. Right, but it's that spoiled nature of like, they won't let me go to my church building? Oh, 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 oh. What the? Like, they get all, like, huffy-puffy. I'm like... You think that that's you think that that's the only community you have? You think that's the only way you can commune with each other? That's the only way that you guys can hang out together or be a ministry? I don't think it is. And that's not the only way, but I think it's the it's the main way that most people know how to today, right? In, because, in America, because of the comfortability that we have here in the states, mm -hmm. people don't know any other way. They grew up in a house church, so it's mm -hmm. a little different. It's like, oh, I'll just go to somebody else's house because they're yeah. in the church. Now, see, most people they're used to the brick and mortar, the four walls. But for them, yeah, that is, and it feels like an attack, so they become defensive as well, right? Because they don't understand what church really is. Hmm. Because if you have a full understanding of what church is and you believe that you are the representation of Christ in your life on a daily walk, then it doesn't matter where you meet. It doesn't matter where it's at. Because if you truly understand the definition of church, which that is you, 
as an individual and church in a group is two or more people meeting. If you understand that, then it doesn't matter where, because that is what church is. And God is there and God's going to bless you for it. And God's going to protect you and be a provider and give you the Holy spirit to bring peace during those times. And that's, that's the difference. It's like, we just have to adapt to whatever the country throws at us. Sure. But until it tells me to stop worshiping God, I'm told to follow the law, whether I like it or not. Yeah. And for those people, you know, that's all they know. For them, that's what it feels like. I mean, you understand that. But that means that they don't understand what church is. Okay. Mm? Most people, (laughs) either side of the aisle, are sheep. And they're not not equipped and they're not, well, they're not articulate enough in what they... you know, scripture or whatever it is to know mm-hmm. the facts and to know things like that. Most people aren't said so they don't they lack the intelligence or the knowledge, mm-hmm. let's say, of what is what is the church and what does it mean? And you know, so so you know, whose who's, <laughs> whose fault is it then? That they do not leaders. Not, leaders should be right. equipped in telling the people. But I also think the leaders, you know, because you do live in a country that says separation of church and state. The church should be is if they're free to govern themselves. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm like, okay, I get that. My whole thing is I'll just I'll just say this because I'll let you okay. finish that with it. Um, <laughs> I don't care what you think, what you believe. Uh-huh. I just know that no matter what it is with all this going on, if it goes on again, you need to think about the kids and about the youth. Cause you look at developmental issues and everything goes on. If mm-hmm. what happened after the last time we locked down and did all this stuff, it's detrimental to the kids' development and health. We've seen a rise in suicide, depression, and anxiety throughout these kids. That's my only main concern I have. Mm-hmm. And that's where I stand on it. And it's more or less when you think of the future for the kids. And mm-hmm. also, I don't know if you ever met kids, they get sick all the time and they bounce back. Sure. So I and you know, as my like I said, you know, um people that know my brother has cancer. Mm-hmm. He was one of the people who was like, got cancer. But ain't nothing. So and that's where he stands on it, you know, each person's different. You know, right. if also for those people who really want to meet at church, most churches have a courtyard, meet outside. If it's the way you can still follow the law, you really have to right. be there. Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> the stance so. on this is that there's nothing sacred about a church building. And I said that no. before, and people, I've definitely been blocked because of that statement. And thinking that there's something sacred. <laughs> he's, he's over there like, I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> there's, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. Camera, sacred. my mic, everything. I'm done now. It's just messing. <laughs> there's nothing sacred about a church building. The, the idea is that. I understand the your children point. are special and they're, and they are, they are, you know, God says that about the kids. Correct. Does he say like, oh, hey, not- you must provide a building for the kids because if they don't get to talk with each other, we have an issue. No, no, he doesn't when it comes that. to, 
when it comes to my today, whole thing is like you know what as a youth pastor when they canceled youth group and it was on zoom mm-hmm. it's that's zoom does not cut it for the kids all right that's go to park thing. yeah go to the park you know like that's still illegal yeah uh, yeah i know but you guys have waller park it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> harder to get a lot of parents to go to a park uh-huh and then whose and fault is that, that? Well, that's mm, the parents also because you know what you can't at night going to a park is a little sketchy when there's a lot of drug addicts and you don't live in the best place sure. so it's safer do it. to do it inside a building that's the only uh-huh. thing on that and like i said it right. just, it's you my can... whole thing is the kids right and i and i'm with they you need and a I safe place i need I'll, and i'll I need a place up. where i can watch them and not worry about people coming in and out that's my whole thing so i i will i will back you up and say that in the sense that for kids it's nice to have a safe spot a safe place you can call like this is where we're going um i think parents tend to when there's a change a lot of times in the church setting parents are usually not too forward about doing the right thing for their kids it's usually like well i don't want to do that and it's usually a lot of selfish reasons or it's just like i don't I don't want to get myself up and deal with this too, because now I have to worry about going to pick them up again or whatever. And it has a lot of stuff on that. That's a lot of stress on them and they're doing that wrong too. Great. Because biblically we're supposed to in humility, which we talked about is, is understand that someone else's needs are more important than our own. And we see that failing in a lot of the parenting and a lot of the church members and a lot of people in general. When when it comes to like the lockdown stuff, I don't think we try hard enough and I don't think we do enough. And I, I say that in the sense of this. If if let's say one of the pastors at your church, for example, they have a home, they have a garage. What if they decided to pay 50 bucks a month to put everything in their garage into a storage so it's out of the way? And then they just put chairs in the garage. So they can all kind of hang out, have a foosball table. Now you got youth group at the garage. But it's inconvenient because they have to pay extra or they have to move stuff or they have to empty stuff or they have to make it safe or whatever. But then that means that they're not doing everything that they can. Rather, they like to sit behind their computer and complain than rather than do the actual work. This is true, but we also pay for a building, have a building. Right, but that's, that's a luxury. That's not required. Building is a luxury. We will never, there will be a time where we're not even allowed to have a church anymore. And that's coming. That's promised. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a prophecy. I think <laughs> that's, that's more to where we won't have a church. Why this, this scares a lot of the people because there's an easy way to get that started. And I think people are, you know, and I see in that sense, yes, of course, have that instant, that in, inclination to fight that. Because I, I mean, I, it makes sense. Like I said, I just you know, it's the kids. Uh, you know, if a lock a lockdown does happen, because it's really you know, easy to say a, the kids. Fear. It is right. Because that's all I care about. Right, is children. The, right, and I agree, and I I'm saying that there should be a safe spot. But then we see leaders of the church, like for example, I was saying with like a pastor who has a garage, maybe. Or, or even a backyard, maybe. And say, hey, guys, come over to my house. We're going to hang out in the backyard, have some bonfire stuff, and discuss the word. But you don't see them doing that because it's inconvenient. Or you don't see them doing that because they're like, man, I really don't want to be a host. Man, I don't really want to give my time like that. 
I don't want to do that kind of stuff. That's not what I was. We we pay for a building, so we should have to get the right to use the building. That's the government's building for one, because they own everything land wise, building wise. You're just renting. And when it comes down to it, they want it back. They can have it back because that doesn't define what the church is. And and I know that's a little off topic from the worship, but I had a red share. couch though. That red couch is ours. That red that red couch has to come with you guys wherever you go. I don't care. I don't care, man. <laughs> I will. I'll go in there and fight something for that red couch that has been there longer than anybody else put in the it, church. You put it over your shoulder, you take it out with you, and you're like, it's coming with me. <laughs> I don't care. Where, I'll fit it in my little Honda Accord. Yeah. Make it I, work. I, I do eventually want to have a whole episode talking about like uh, kind of like biblical prophecy because you know me. I study it a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot. A lot. <laughs> And I can even go through and show you all the prophecies from uh, Daniel that were fulfilled over the years, and undeniably fulfilled over the year- years. And I'd love to go on and talk about that and stuff. And we will. We will eventually. But I, I, all this stuff about the church, it ties in with worship. Because like I said before, a lot of people have the, the idea that worship is just going to a building, singing my songs, and that's worship. And we see it's consistently not in the Bible. It's not ever explained that way. It's never told that way. I will say in Colossians 3.16, it does say, let the word of the Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And this is just saying that we need to sing praises. We need to be allowed. We need to be expressive to God. This is really easily just to show that it's more than just the sacrificing life, but all all encompassing sacrificing our life. And we express thankfulness and gratitude because we understand his, his position in our lives and his position as authority in everything. And I only brought up the whole church thing and the people on Facebook who are saying like, rebel, rebel, rebel. And, I'm just like, do you not understand that God is not a God of fear? And when things happen, just know that church, what the actual definition of church is, and any place that you want to meet, you can meet up. People just don't do it because it's inconvenient. They like to point fingers elsewhere to say, well, it's out of my control because we're not allowed to go to the church anymore. Well, whose backyard can we go hang out at? What do you mean? Whose backyard can we go hang out? People have property i know and especially in california there's pastors with yards garages houses whose house can we go crash i'm not one of those i know but i know who are because <laughs> <laughs> i know my church is over there and i know who's who <laughs> and i've been to a lot of their houses some people that got some money in houses i'm like that must be nice and yeah and those people those are the people that the church the group of community needs to rely on and say, hey, since we can't go to their building, can we come to your yard? Can we come to your house? Can we rely on you as another member of Christ, the body of Christ, to do this? And if they say no, then do they really understand who God is and what humility is and what living life like Christ is or doing your part to know who God is? And it's, it's usually a no. 
we're so spoiled in, in the U.S. where we don't understand what we have and we like to abuse it rather than take care of the problems by doing the right thing because it points fingers back to us. Yeah, we, we had some uh, technical difficulties. Uh, devil attacking us. It's fun. That could be the enemy. <laughs> One way or another, we're still we're we're trekking on. But um, that's that's I, I gave my two cents about that um, and what, you know, it's all our responsibilities. If you are truly a follower of Christ, it's all our responsibilities to live up to that and to follow Christ, not just one or the other. And that includes everybody that says they're Christian under in the church, that they have a responsibility 100%. to Christ. And uh, no, I, I brought up the end time stuff prophecies because I know when, when people are just going to start getting persecuted for this, whenever that does happen, like Christians, we're going to see so many people fall off and say, I'm not Christian. No, I never was. I only did it because I, it felt like the moral thing to do. I didn't want to be a part associated. Oh it's going to be so hardcore. And, and, uh, from the words of Brad Stein, which he is a comedian, but he has some really good, like actual teachings. Um, from the words of Brad Stein, he said, "What are you willing to die for? Like, legitimately willing to die for?" And there's a, a whole question. That's a very that, good question. But... Yeah, because if someone came into your house and was like, "I are you a Christian?" And you're like, yes. They're like, I am going to kill you because you're a Christian. Okay. Or anybody listening, is that something you're like... Have fun with the 12 right. gauge. I'm like, cool. Send me up to him. I'm glad to see him early, I guess. <laughs> it's nah, scary, man. and I know I'm going cool, to be scared. The 12 gauge. <laughs> Would you like to meet him? No. <laughs> to the Lord's prayer with like... me. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> Right. No, you know, like I don't know. Uh no, it's true though. It's is what are you willing to die for? And um you can see that even with the uh, you know, remember I know this is off topic of worship, but it just comes back to our life living daily in um uh, obedience and reverence of him. But you remember in the, the Garden of Yosemite <coughs> uh, garden where Jesus and the disciples and uh, what? they came uh, I'm staying awake. <laughs> you know this. I, I know that's what I'm saying. They were falling asleep. Yeah, they were falling asleep. And uh, you know, they came for Jesus, right? And someone was like, No, you ain't, and got up and cut off the the guy's ear, right? You remember this? Peter. <laughs> And, and at that point, Jesus looked at us like, no, this is, this is, this is not, that's not how this is going to go. And he healed the guy's ear. And that guy was like, whoa, what the, he just put my ear back on. So what but, I'm hearing is some guy comes to attack me and my family. I shoot him and I pray for him. <laughs> I don't think that that's the message. <laughs> that is what I heard. I agree. I oh like it. Gosh. Okay, you heard it here first in the GTP show. Oh my gosh! You know what? We're gonna talk about it, dude. One of the one of these times we got to talk about uh, uh, weapons and stuff like that because that's such a good topic. Yes, weapons are amazing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I got a twenty-two somewhere, but 
Um, How do you not know? Okay, well, to be fair, uh, yeah, never mind. It is, it is a 22. It's a 22 rifle. It's just somewhere. I, uh, I know where it's at. Never mind. I had to think about it for a second, but I remember where it's at. This is why some people shouldn't have be. guns because they don't keep track of them. I have two places for it, and I don't have any kids, so that's a, a, a positive. Okay, a positive. You know, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> if I had I do kids, that. I'd be a little more concerned. I do that, and next thing I know, I was like, look at it. That's not the toy gun. Put that down now. That's not the nerf. It's not nerf. It's so, uh, nerf for nothing, Dad. No! It's nothing. Nerf for nothing. Uh, not yeah. a sponsor. I, not a sponsor, no. Um... I I only I want to finish off with one verse. Okay, only one Two verse. Verses. Two verses. I'm sorry. Wait. You be a man no, of your word. I'll, no. I'll finish. I'll do one verse. I'll do one verse. Okay. Romans eleven thirty six. Okay. For yes. him. For from him, and through him, and to him are all things. And to him be the glory forever. Amen. This is the conclusion of Romans 11. Paul builds on the question he asked in the previous verse. Who has given anything to God valuable enough that God owes him something back? And with this, the answer is nobody. God doesn't owe us anything. In this verse, Paul explains why. Everything that is in the universe came from God. To start with, he is the creator, the source of all things that's good. How could we ever give him anything if he doesn't already have? And second, all things are through God. Not only is God the source of all things, he holds them together. He sustains everything he, that is. He is actively and present in the work of keeping the universe running. And all things that exist continue through him. And third, all things are to him, are for him, and all other words. Everything that exists has been made for God's purpose. They all reflect glory back to him. Nothing exists that doesn't serve his great plan and purpose for all things. I will lightly say, and we will talk about this too sometime, that that doesn't mean bad things happen, and he's sitting there like, good, good, bad things, yes. Because the world has bad things, and that was not the original intent, but it was the possibility of free choice by humans. And we brought sin into this world. Freaking Adam and Eve, we... <laughs> and yeah, we brought sin into this world, and that's the consequences, because that was a covenant, and God doesn't break covenant. He set a covenant. He said, hey, this is what's going to happen. And so when that happened, everything was going you know, crazy, because now at this point the flesh has taken over, we understand the right, the good and evil, we know what it is, and so our bodies crave things that are our own understanding, which is not of God, which is why we crave sin. And we talked about sin before on an episode, go back and read it, but I just wanted to clarify that this is not what saying... What is sin? Yeah, that one. But this is not saying that God is up there sitting there like, eh, give that person cancer. Ah, make that person get hit by a bus. That would just eh. no. <laughs> this that's that's stuff that happens in this world because sin exists and people are fallible and they will make mistakes and stuff happens. And God can use those things 
for the greater of his kingdom and glorify him as long as we trust him through those things that happen and rely on him when those things happen. And that is going to be part of worship. Is that that constant thankful gratitude towards him and that constant reverence of him and that constant obedience to him is all worship. And that's why we're doing worship today. Any thoughts? No, I think that was good. I just, amen and amen. This is a long conversation, definitely a longer episode. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, there are some bloopers in the first 20. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and we'll see if those make glitchies. the cut. Yeah. Somebody had to snack down on a Smoker's Uncrustable right before we recorded. So, <laughs> give you a hand. We have it recorded. It was, it was me. It was you. I'm going to put that on our TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Our TikTok has all the bloopers. (laughs) Yeah, so go follow us there. Uh, Check out the blooper reel we have there. It will be up there in a little bit. uh, Right. uh, I'll I'll work on it. (laughs) Yeah. All righty. Well, I'll pray us out, and we're going to end this episode. All right, Lord, thank you for everything that we get to experience because of you. I thank you for your redeeming love and that you are constantly with us whenever we need you. I praise you for the good times. I praise you for the bad times. I thank you for the good times, and I thank you for the bad times. Um, I thank you that you bring me out of those times and that you bring me into a new understanding of you, that you bring peace, that you bring understanding, that you bring love, you bring joy with anything and everything that I deal with on a daily basis. I pray for those who listen to this episode that, that they just not hear it from us, but hear it from your word as we share your word. And I pray that they take your word as truth and not our own. I just pray that we're able to guide them the right way to understanding who you are and discuss who you are and what you are wanting us to do when it comes to worshiping you. And I thank you for your understanding and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, on that note, we're going to end this podcast and we will be seeing you on the next episode where Dylan is hosting. And we'll see what I'm talking on. Who knows? We don't. We okay. never know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, see y'all in the flippity flop. Bye.